Hey guys, Taylor here with GameDev's Quest for this week's quick tip. Hey Unity devs, we all know that sometimes it's handy to be able to see a variable in the Unity inspector. Typically, this is done by making a variable public, but did you know that if you use the serialized field keyword in brackets placed above the variable, you can expose a private variable too? Pretty cool, right? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest, your once-weekly podcast following two game dev scrubs uh, into game dev dumb. Uh, if we can do it, you can too. Of course, I'm Rhett. Hey, guys, I'm Taylor. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back. <laughs> Dude, what's up, man? How's your week going? I haven't talked to you since last uh, week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, week's going good. It's been an eventful week for sure. Um, of course, I'm like in the full throes of our like winter Christmas musical, which, uh, as you know, runs from the beginning of December to almost Christmas. And uh, as of the recording of this, it is um, December 8th. Ooh, peek behind the curtain, listener. Uh, I know this will come out like <laughs> next week or something, but. Yeah, we're almost um, caught up. We burned through our bank. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> so, I think it'll be actually um, kind of cool. But anyways. I do too. On. I do too. And it's going to allow us to like be a little bit more current. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anybody who's like heard me bitch about the musicals and stuff before, I think like during the summer I bitched about it and stuff. Every um, day. Because I was doing the summer <laughs> one. What? I said every day, every episode. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I just, I always forget how much they take out of you. Like, you, yeah. you're just like, you got to go play music with your friends, Rhett. How hard can it be? <laughs> but I have to do it every night, whether or not I want to. <laughs> yeah. I think it's. And there's no variety. Yeah. I. You know, like when you and I would go and play shows, it'd be like, God, can we not play that song? It's like, yes, thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one thinking it, right? Okay. This is, hey, can we play the exact same songs the exact same way in the exact same order every single night for four weeks? <laughs> All while holding a smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, God. Um, I know. Woe is me, though, right? It is actually a lot of fun. I, I super enjoy like being able to play music and make money and support myself doing it, so I can't complain too much. Um, I, I'm not going to lie, though, but, you know, like, I don't know what, what Christmas music you're playing, but if I had to do Christmas music right now, I'd probably, like, <laughs> be in a bad mood up. all the time. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, cause uh, how the many, show we're... I was going to say, how many have we played? I mean, just, just going through, like, high, like, band from middle, well, even, like, when we were little, little kids, when we were singing, I'm sure we had a Christmas yeah concert every year from the time we were five until 18 and then i also did concert band in in college so i probably performed in like 15 to i don't know 18 of them and now and like you do it every year again <laughs> yeah um yeah i know it was actually particularly bad when i was doing the salem symphony um 
last year, I guess. And they were like, let's do a Christmas concert. It was like one of the most disastrous concerts that I've ever been a part of. Um, and it was one of the finest groups of professionals I've ever had the privilege of working with. Uh, we had an orchestra or a symphony, I guess, of uh, like 67 people. Dang. Um, and it was really great. But our, the Christmas song selection we did was like kind of weird. I would say uh, the only ones that were like pretty and joyful to play. Um, and joyful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bad choice of words. Um, the only ones that were actually kind of uh, fun to play were like the what like we played Believe from Polar Express. And then there was like the one of the famous ones from Elf. Uh, like one of the themes from Elf came up several times and that was kind of fun. But like all of the others crap, I was just like, oh, and here's the worst part. We had singers uh, for a few of our songs and they're like, you know, these notorious. Oh, the winter, uh, the one of the winners of singing with the Salem stars, Taylor. Uh <laughs> Actually, I don't remember if that's entirely true, but anyways, you know, there's these singers, and they're singing with a gigantic symphony, and one of the singers sang the lyrics to the wrong song three times in a row, (laughs) and we stopped. We just stopped. I've never stopped in the middle of a concert before. That's awkward, man. We stopped each time, and you know the worst part is? Okay. I love the guy that put it on, but he's kind of notorious right now, the guy who owned Salem Symphony, because they went bankrupt, and um, they had debts totaling $175,000. And uh, have you ever heard of the famous uh, violinist Joshua Bell, Taylor? I don't know. Maybe not. You've probably seen his little social experiment he did where he went to like a subway station in New York. Oh, okay. And he played a $4 million violin and played a set that he had played the night before with some famous symphony. And he earned himself like a few million dollars playing that show. Yeah. And he played it in the subway and he earned a total of like $37. Yeah. (laughs) It was a social experiment to see, like, how people appreciate art and all that sort of stuff. Like, it's subjective and, like, context and setting matters. Right. And anyway, that was Joshua Bell. He played for the Salem Symphony last year. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, The Salem Symphony owes him still (laughs) $40,000. Oh, (laughs) And uh, he's probably not going to get it. Because they're bankrupt, and they have assets totaling $2,600 in which to pay their $175,000 debt. (laughs) Uh, One of my friends, she uh, was involved with it, and she was, like, owed money from it. Like, I don't know how much, like 200, 300 bucks or something like that. And she got a letter from the attorney that's like trying to um, settle all the debts and everything. Is like your your share in the remaining assets comes out to five dollars and seventy six cents. <laughs> oh God! Wow. Anyways, um, so yeah, the worst part about that, um, the conductor. I I love the guy personally. He's a very nice guy, but he did not address the audience once when we had to stop twice and start over Hmm. or three times, whatever it was like, he just didn't stop and address it. Like, I don't know about you, Taylor, but you stop, you go, Ooh, 
Third time's a charm, audience. Hey, if we don't get it this time, refund for everybody, okay? <laughs> like, you make a joke or something, right? Yeah. Like, you address the elephant in the room, and he didn't do it. It was so bad. Anyway. That's pretty awkward. Also, I just hate the holidays in general. But <laughs> the show we're playing in the musical right now, it's called A Charles Dickens Christmas. And it is the story of how Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol. Um, or so, or something. I don't know. Yeah. He, uh, it's actually a very fun little musical, but traditionally, it's just piano and a small ensemble cast of singers. Um, my boss actually orchestrated the show. That's cool. Um, so this is the premiere of this arrangement and the premiere of this show with an orchestra Dang. ever. So that's very fun. That's pretty cool. And the show's very cute. And yeah, it has a lot of like Christmassy type like motifs like played throughout it, but nothing like over, you know, like nothing that grates on your ears. <laughs> um, like all of the Christmas music that started in oh, October or whatever. God. God <laughs> like the day after Halloween, dude. What the I know. fuck? Yeah, pretty soon it's going to be Christmas season all year long. Yeah, I, I I've been joking and I'm definitely doing it. But on on January first of this year, I'm gonna post a Christmas song on Facebook. And be like, <laughs> oh my god, only 360 days until Christmas. Yeah. I can't wait. You take your Christmas tree down the day after Christmas, and then you put it right back up on January first. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's been my life. And then of course, not to hog the mic here, Taylor, but um. I was kind of telling you off the air, and uh, we decided to save it for the <laughs> podcast. But uh, Wednesday night, I'm playing the show, and you know, I saw that my phone went off. I'm not supposed to have my phone with me on stage, but I do anyways because I'm a douche. And uh, I saw that my phone went off, and I was like, okay, I'll check it out for the show. And so I do, and there's like a a picture from my wife, and it's a picture of her hand with like blood all over it and a big old bandage on her thumb. And I'm like, huh, that's – and it's always, like, kind of, like, a cute picture because there's no words, right? Like, yeah. I just have to, like, infer what happened. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, huh, she must have cut herself or something, like, ha, ha, ha. But I get the feeling it's like, I guess I should probably call her right away, right? <laughs> so yeah. I call her. And I'm like, hey, what the hell is up with that picture? And she's like, oh, uh, I cut my hand. I'm in the ER right now. I'm like, what? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, uh, should I, like, head there right now? And she's like, uh, yeah, that's probably a good idea, but, you know, no rush. Like, I'm I'm sitting in the waiting room right now. Uh, I've been here for an hour. Ugh. My dad's with me and everything. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and we live, ac- we live across the street from the emergency room. Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't like she had far to go. And her dad lives right by the hospital as well, so he was, like, able to go and sit with her and stuff for a little bit, but... After a certain point, he's like, fuck this, I'm going to bed. (laughs) But, uh, so I get to the emergency room, and she's in the room finally, and the doctor's, like, examining it, and I get there just in time for him to remove her bandage that she had applied at home. I'm already getting, like... (laughs) Dude, it was grotesque. (laughs) Well, so, like, what happened? Like, what did she do? A mirror. Okay, so, in our house, um, in our bathroom, we have a mirror on one wall... But it's not the mirror. It's not the wall where our our sink is, right? Above our sink is a window with no mirror. So if I'm trying to do things like shaving, it gets a little tricky oh. because I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't like look in the mirror and shave over the sink, right? Yeah. 
So my solution to that was we've had this mirror in our house that was like kind of tacked to the wall before, but we took it down to paint and I never put it back up. And so I just took that mirror and it has no frame or anything. And I set it up on the windowsill, never had any issues. And I took it down like whenever I needed to do stuff, like I'd set it like there, there was a spot out of the way and I set it down. But anyway, she had went to go open the window in the bathroom and she didn't take the mirror down and it's lost its balance and it tipped over onto her. Oh, snap. And yeah. And so like the windowsill is like four and a half, five feet high. And this mirror is like two and a half, three and a half feet tall. Yeah. And so it tips over onto her and it hits her in the head and she goes to block it with her hands and the mirror shatters and it cut her thumb. Now imagine your thumb and regularly, if you hold it parallel to the floor, your thumb looks like a letter, right? Like the letter I or a lowercase L even. Okay. (laughs) Her thumb was cut down the middle, parallel the bone, and her thumb looked like a V. Ugh. Dude, okay. This is this might be weird. Did did one of you guys post that on Imager? <laughs> um no, probably not. Because so you you told me she cut her thumb and last night I was looking at Imager or Imger, however you say it. I call it Imager. I was looking at Imager and you know, you're just scrolling through like the front page or whatever, and somebody posted this picture, and I I looked at it for like I don't know two seconds, and I couldn't tell what it was, and all of a sudden it like I figured my mind like computed what it was, and it was that exact thing. Like somebody's thumb was split in half, and part it was like a V shape, and I was like, oh god, like scroll, you know, because I I don't like blood or I'm kind of a lightweight in that department but i just thought that was like kind of a coincidence but that's brutal dude yeah she she get all stitched up and yeah she didn't like totally fine break a bone or anything no she was worried she did uh she got an x-ray uh doctor suspects that she just like hyperextended her thumb oh and i mean and the cut was deep dude i mean like i said it severed her thumb in two Ugh, god like and the, yeah, the, it, it was. And then the worst part was, is I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, that's that's your meat. Like that's your insides. Yeah. Like that. Sh- I shouldn't be able to see that. Yeah. But it was pretty fascinating to watch. But the worst part was, so the doctor went to go put a, uh, uh, because the bleeding wouldn't stop, and the doctor went to go put a tourniquet on the thumb before he stitched it up, and the tourniquet that they had was uh it, it was more like a, a rubber gasket right like an o-ring type yeah. situation but super thick super tight well anyways he's like i'm just gonna have to roll this on so he tries Oof. to roll it on and imagine if you will taylor the v okay yeah. but take the two points of the v and and press them together so that it's flat uh-huh. and you have bailey's thumb and he starts rolling the tourniquet and snags it on the bottom portion of the v, the V, so it goes from being together to widening and widening and widening until at the bottom of the V, there's a fucking rubber gasket <laughs> between her two pieces of thumb meat. Uh, um, this is the worst. <laughs> dude, yeah. And 
and she was like in such agony. Like that was the worst part to watch. Like she was. Was she not numbed up or anything? She. Oh, she was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was. Um, but dude, like she had a piece of like rubber yeah. separating her two pieces of thumb, like, and it was oh, making it worse. Yeah. It was making it worse. So he's trying to roll it, and he's like, "What is it stuck on?" And it was stuck at the freaking point where her two thumb pieces met and it was kept pressing on it and might've like torn some more tissue, you know? Um, he had to do that three times before he finally got it on correctly. Wow. Um, Oh God, it, that was the hardest part to watch. Cause like you're looking at it and you're like, there's not supposed to be man-made objects between you and your meat. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, there was. It was painful to watch, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, that was... Uh, you were telling me it was it was going to be hard to describe, but you did a pretty good job, and I I don't really feel <laughs> Oh, my God, dude. I had like my... everybody in the theater yesterday. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I'm glad she's okay. That sounds horrible. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, do you want to move on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just yeah. ruined I'll everyone's saying, days <laughs> yeah i will say she's absolutely fine she's in a little she's in a lot of discomfort today yeah but that happened wednesday night we were home at like 1 a.m and she fucking woke up and went to work the next day so yeah. uh the doctor stitched her up pretty well and she's gonna get the stitches out in two weeks um i mean the doctor was very impressed with like how clean of a cut it was so um yeah he did use the word like amputate probably like half a dozen times. <laughs> God, <laughs> which is like a little unsettling. Uh, yeah. You know, he's, at first, it was like, "Oh, you almost amputated your thumb," and then it was like, "Any worse, we would have had to amputate this." <laughs> he's like, "Well, if you want to have your thumb, we may have to take off your toe and replace it." You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but she's uh, fine. She's in a lot of discomfort, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was my midweek. And uh, and here we are today, Friday. <laughs> oh man, cool. Well, uh, I'm trying to think how to follow that, but uh, my week was pretty much streaming, uh, which is going good. I so last week, I can't remember the schedule that we were on. I think we recorded a podcast Friday morning, then I streamed for like four hours or something to finish my entry for one game a month november and i finished the game i finished my uh harvest game you can play it on our hio page uh i export it exported it as an html file or what do they call that webgl Mm -hmm. in unity so you can go up and play it right now it's actually i think going forward um mikey t-shirt gave me this idea uh who's guys commonly on my stream uh exporting to webgl so that people can play your game in browser i think is just you know it eliminates a barrier that people have to go through to play your game and i mm-hmm. think they're much more likely to play it so i think going forward we should try to always just do a, a web-based game um unless yeah. obviously we're like building something that's much more grand scale and we want to put it on an app store or something but right. um and we have seen like a pretty nice boost to uh, our HIO page after putting that up there, so it's kind of cool. But that project yeah. was a lot of fun, uh, dude. I'll say that that 
project when you were showing it to me impressed the hell out of me (laughs) like that was so cool to see like all of the art and like the artistic choices you made and it's like you know even if you don't think there's that much strategy involved or whatever it's still like a very cool concept thanks man yeah it was and yeah it was a lot of fun uh probably one of my favorite projects i've worked on um i don't know like there's a lot of questions i have after doing it um like whether I made the right choices like programmatically and how I organized things. And it it's great because like the game functions, right? Like I mean there are some little bugs that are still around that I need to fix if I if I want to. Um so like people can play it and it works. And you know, I'm still like a beginner with Unity and programming and art and everything, but it works. Yet like doing that I'm discovering that there's probably plenty of things I did wrong (laughs) and I could have done it more efficiently. Like last night I just learned that. So one of the the biggest things that I ran into was I wasn't sure how to deal with um, like changing the images. So when you click on like something in the market to buy like, you know, corn or whatever, then that goes up into your active hand, which is just another kind of UI element. And so I didn't really know how to like pass that to the active hand. And what I ended up doing was making a bunch of prefabs, which is just a game object with components on it. And it had an image component that then I would pull from. Well, it turns out that you can just use sprite, like the sprite uh, keyword. And I could have, instead of building like a whole prefab with an image component, I could have just passed the sprite kind of a thing. And so there's like these little things that I are inefficient about the game, but it's all like the act of doing that, I'm learning from my mistakes. You know what I mean? So anyways, that was fun. Uh, after that, uh, I think we mentioned we recorded a book club podcast which we've talked a little bit about we're trying to nail down some of the details on that that was a lot of fun we talked about the book hiroshima by john hersey uh, which we all read so look forward to that coming out and then yeah the rest of the week uh, we got the new one game a month theme and this this month december is the 60th month of one game a month so it's the fifth year anniversary and the theme is kind of meta. <laughs> the theme is jam, uh, which I think is pretty funny. And uh, Christopher Kaitila, like, was talking about how this is a game jam, so he chose jam. But it also could be like the food jam, or it could be like yeah. you're jamming with your buddies, like in a band, or you know, NBA jam, or whatever. So there's a lot of interpretations of what that theme could mean. Um, I, being the uh, non-creative or whatever that I am at times. <laughs> Just pick the uh, very literal choice of jam the food. And so my game I'm working on is this jam factory game where you're in a factory. <laughs> uh, you're in a factory and these jars with little labels on them that show like the type of jam are scrolling down a conveyor belt and you have to try and fill up these jars Uh, with the correct type of jam and at the right time. So like if you don't fill up a jar enough or you fill it up with the wrong type of jam, 
uh, or they, you know, they, you just, it's, you're overwhelmed by the speed of the jars or whatever, you will lose a life and uh, you just try to get as many points as you can get, basically. So that's kind of the game I'm working on right now. Um, and it's going well. I, I chose a different strategy this time. Um, so obviously I'm streaming. I'm still streaming four to five days a week. Um, and getting people on and helping me is pretty cool. Um, but the strategy I chose this time, I think fits more in with how Chris Delion and Gam Keto would recommend, which is to prototype first and then do art later. <laughs> yeah. So I did a little bit of art, like one of my first streams, I was just trying to kind of like brainstorm and, and get a, a feel for what I want to do. And, and I find that starting with a little bit of art kind of boosts the creative process. Like, you know, I knew that I wanted to do jam. So I started to um, draw different types of uh, fruits. I already had strawberry. I'm reusing that for my last game. So then I did grapes. That was like the first thing I drew. And just by thinking about the grapes uh, as I'm drawing, I, I got more ideas, which is kind of cool. But then after doing a little bit of that, I just switched the focus to prototyping and actually make the game work. So I have a lot of just programmer art in there right now. Um, but like, it's only December 8th and I feel like I'm a good portion of the way through the game itself, um, which is totally different than it has been the last two games that I've worked on. So, um, that's been going well. I've been pretty excited about that. And, uh, want to shout out a couple people on my stream. Uh, there's a guy who goes by J Ben who hangs out a lot on my stream and he's like, basically mentoring me in unity which is kind of cool he's given me a lot of ideas he was the one who kind of taught me about the whole like image versus sprite thing and stuff like that uh he's been hanging out a lot and last night i discovered so on our discord he posted a link to a game that he made that's up on steam right now and it's basically like total war like a total war game Nice. <laughs> it looks legit. Like if you go on our our Discord, let me. I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I'm gonna open it really quick. But it's like he said it was. He did all the programming and he worked with an artist. And those two guys made this like full blown game that looks amazing. And they did like, you know, he there's multiplayer and like all this stuff. Uh, the game is called King of the World. It's on Steam right now. Uh, you could pick it up for $9.99, looks like. Um, and it's like, what? What is this guy doing on my stream? <laughs> you know Dude, what I that's mean? That's so great. It's like, and that's what's so cool about game dev. Like, you got really cool people that are much more skilled than you who just love the craft of game dev and they want to help people, you know? And so this guy, like, he's been hanging out on my stream, like, almost every night. And my stream's like two hours long. He hangs out almost the whole time, like helping me figure out how to make this Jam Factory game. You know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's legit. So shout out that's to Jabin. Thanks for hanging out. Shout buddy. out to the game dev community for reals, like, dude. More so than any other community I've ever been a part of. It's like so supportive, and they like more than anybody. It's like they totally understand. It's like a a, a rising tide, you know. Yeah. Raises well, all ships. So I mean, it's like. Getting into game dev is difficult because making games is hard, right? There's so many aspects that you have to account for. Um, and people that are on 
all spectrums, I feel like, know that it's hard. And so, and also they know that, especially in the indie realm of game of game dev, they know that it's really hard to break in and make your, or and become successful, you know? Like on Butterscotch Shenanigans, or Coffee with Butterscotch this week, they were talking about um, like average sales or whatever on Steam. And it's like, the average number of sales per game, I think they said is 5,000 units, but that's with all the games. Like that's taking into account like the CSGOs and stuff that, that have sold millions. So really yeah. like most games on Steam have probably sell, sold like, you know, a hundred copies or something. <laughs> so they know that it's hard. And I think that that makes them a lot more understanding, like people in the game dev community makes them more understanding, willing to help people network and make friends, you know? And it's cool. It's just a yeah. really supportive community. But uh, yeah, shout out to J-Ben. Shout out to another guy, Maddykins. Uh, hangs out a lot on my stream. And uh, he's a web developer primarily. And uh, he's been hanging out a lot. Uh, he's starting to stream, or he's, he wants to start streaming. And uh, he told me last night that he's going to do what I'm doing, which is stream more often and stream one game a month and he's like you're my direct inspiration and it's just like what oh yeah <laughs> you know it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool um and he made this game called uh oh what's it called is it called danger noodle <laughs> like funniest name ever nice. uh and he he did it for ludum dare and i played it it's all web web stuff like he i think he built it with javascript and canvas and it's like this legit game. So it's pretty cool having him him on there. Uh, who else? Got Apothic TV who hangs out a lot, doing all kinds of art stuff, which is cool. Uh, Lily Bite, she's a game developer from Canada that uh, is making like, she said last night she's making kind of this web-based MMO, which is like crazy. Uh, and she showed me, she showed me it. It's like pretty insane she's using this game engine called app kit and uh mm. just a lot to learn from a lot of different people and uh i don't know man just shout out to everyone who's been hanging out on stream it's it's really encouraging yeah. and a lot of fun also Ult- Manbeard games ultra baller status yeah Manbeard games has been streaming a lot more which is cool i haven't been able to catch his streams much but He's doing a lot of cool stuff with Ophidian and uh, looking into converting Ophidian from uh, using Unity to using Monogame, which is pretty cool. Mm. So all kinds of interesting stuff. Um, so in the realm of game dev, that has been pretty much my week. Um, Allie is going to be on winter break starting today, I think. After today, she's on winter break. Um, so she doesn't have to do any kind of teaching or classes. Uh, so that'll free up some of her time. And I'm probably going to scale back the streaming a little bit while she's on break. But uh, Smart. What yeah. a smart, mature, responsible <laughs> thing to do for a married man. I mean, that's the thing. It's like we neither of us really want to like step on each other's toes. But yeah. I can tell that because my stream schedule right now is 9 to 11, Monday through Thursday. And I can tell that when it's time for me to go in the office and shut the door, she's like, doesn't really want me to do it that much. But she doesn't say anything because yeah. she doesn't want to oh, like get in the way of my dreams or whatever, you know? 
Oh, that's worse, so, dude. I just then it's like then it's like well, she didn't say anything, but I you know. know what she's thinking, <laughs> and so it like almost makes you to be like the worst human being alive. So good work. Yeah. Well, so and there's been like a couple of times. I'm like, do you want to talk about like me streaming? Because like I can scale back, you know. I don't want to like have it get in the way of our uh, of our lives, our family time, whatever. And she's like, no, I want you to like, you know, do what you need to do, kind of a thing, and pursue your passion. And I'm like, ah, this is so hard. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll be scaling back a little bit the next couple of weeks so I could spend more time with her while she's off. But then uh, cool. probably probably get back to it. I've been kind of uh, daydreaming a little bit lately about what my life is going to look like after she's done with school and has a hopefully bomb job. <laughs> um, I'm not planning on like leaving my job anytime soon, but like, oh God, I'm just like daydreaming about what it would be like to not have to go into work every day. And like I've already kind of like I have all these goals in mind. Like this week, I've been kind of obsessed with becoming a better programmer, and uh, so I've been I checked out a couple books about like C sharp and about scripting and Unity and stuff. And it's like, man, if I if I had every day to like work on getting better at the things I want to get better at, I could like focus so much on all these different aspects, and I would just be like way better at the craft that I want to be better at, you know? So I was like yeah. daydreaming what this schedule would look like, you know, if I uh if I wasn't working every day, you know, I'd like get up, I'd work out, I'd meditate, I'd spend an hour like reading about game design and programming. Then I'd spend an hour like practicing C sharp, an hour like doing art, uh yeah. you know, and you know, then though, like start making like games a and it's a slippery slope, though, you know. Um, I think working and being busy and having time constraints is actually is probably like one of your greatest assets in terms of time management and priorities. Yeah, right. I think you're like, right, and and it that's how it's always kind of been for me too. Is like in school, like I don't have time to do all the stuff that I want to do. And I have a lot to do, so I have to, like, make sure I'm squeezing in every bit of time to finish, like, all the things that I need to finish. Right. And uh, because of that, it kind of, like, forces you to be successful or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, there, and, and I always, I kind of look at Jason as, like, a prime example of this, although... Although he wasn't uh, ever really like working on projects, however, he was going to school full time. He was going to work full time. He was raising a family, and he still somehow like found time <laughs> to do the stuff that he really wanted to do. Yeah, and and that's a story you hear a lot. Like I, I hear it a lot in the comedian field. Like a lot of famous comedians that have made it very big now, they've always said like, "Yeah, before I had a family." I was just like a, wor a working comic and it's like things weren't really working out very well for me and I always thought about giving it up. But then once I found out that, you know, my wife was pregnant and that we were going to be having a kid, it's like all of a sudden I realized what time meant and I never got more work done in my life. And it's like, you know, these people have kids, they have babies and they go and work all day and then they come home and then they 
they go to their office and they, and it's like I write from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. every single night, no matter how tired I am. And all of a sudden, their comedy careers take off, and then they're able to quit their jobs. But they like, but it's all about that like constraint, right? It's, yeah. it's sort of like how it's sort of how like the things that we enjoy most, like like movies and games and things like that, like they come with budgetary constraints that forces them to be like way more innovative and way more uh, experimental and um, and um, other words. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> you what know, you mean. It's like it's like constraints are sort of like the breeding ground for success in a way. And yeah. I, I think you're one of those types. It's like you have this work that you hate to do, <laughs> but it, it just, it fuels you when you go home. Yeah. Like, fuck dude. Like you've like left me in the dirt, like, you know, being able to have a stream schedule and do all this stuff. Like it's amazing. And I think you're that type of personality that needs to have that. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying don't pursue your dream if it means full-time, um, you know, game dev or something like that. Like, but I just mean that uh, you know you gotta you gotta find a way to hold yourself accountable. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think I think if if your accountability is waking up in the morning having to go to a job you hate, like that's perfect <laughs> motivation. That's perfect motivation though, because you go home and your fucking your life is in focus because you're like, I can't do that forever, so I'm gonna fucking make this work, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Well, I go like, well, first of all, I think that I am one of those people, and we've talked about this, I think, before. I'm one of those people that's always looking ahead to the future and thinking that the future is gonna be brighter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh i am constantly in this battle with myself about like pursuing like pursuing the dream that i have and being realistic like if ali gets a job in like connecticut or something you know when we move over there uh do i try to find a job like right away probably in like it which i don't really want to do forever and just continue on with this kind of same schedule that i'm on or do i kind of do something like that i want to do which has like financial consequences of taking some time off and basically doing like a boot camp for myself because i think i think that i could do that like and, and i go back and forth all the time like you know, for a while I took classes at OSU trying to get an uh, online computer science degree. And like, that was great. Like that pushed me to the level of knowing that I wanted to be a programmer. Um, and, you know, I was working a lot and I was like, all my spare time was basically spent programming to try and be successful in my courses. So, but I go back and forth of like, well, should I just like go back and finish a computer science degree, whatever, or like do this coding boot camp or like pay for something to like help get me going? And ultimately, I don't think I need to do that. I think that I can structure something for myself, kind of like I'm doing right now, where I just keep moving, you know? And I, the thing, the thing about it though is like if I had more time, ideally, I would, I would have like a very strict schedule and, really just focused on mastering my craft. But yeah. like you said, constraints really force you to use your time more wisely. So 
Whereas like I could say, oh yeah, I'm going to wake up at 7am every day and like work out and then meditate. And then I'm going to like, you know, do all this stuff until Alia gets home. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, nothing I'll, forcing tell you from me to it. I'll tell you from personal experience that it's, it's harder than you think. Um, when I left uh, one of my jobs because I was unsatisfied and I wanted to start my own business, I I did manage to get like a, a part-time job that helped like, you know, ease some of the financial burden and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I left that job, got that other part-time job, and then I started my own business and it was like, I had all of these, this list of goals written out. It's like, I want to, I needed to get you know, this license and that certificate. And I wanted to study this and do this. And then I wanted to get up a website and I want to make brochures. And, and it was like, I'm going to go out on days when I'm not working my part-time job, I'm going to go out in a suit and tie <laughs> and I'm going to like go business to business. And I'm going to hand out my brochures and my business cards. And I'm going to get names and numbers and I'm going to create an email list and I'm going to do all this sort of stuff. And I did that for weeks uh, where I was like, I need to be out there at least six hours a day, Monday through Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is a lot of work that you're not getting paid for. <laughs> yeah. And when you hand out all this and you only see like moderate returns, it's like really disheartening. And I, I did kind of like, I think for a while, like spiraled into sort of depression where it's like all of a sudden it became harder to get out of bed at 7 a.m. And all of a sudden it was harder to eat healthy. And all of a sudden it was harder to go out there when I didn't feel like it. And I went from wearing a three-piece suit to wearing a, you know, just like a a suit jacket with a nice shirt to (laughs) then just wearing a nice shirt, you know? Yeah. Um, And then it went to three hours a day. Then it went to nothing. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was, and it was the same thing with the side projects though too. I was like, I'm going to have all this extra time for side projects. And granted, I never did more in terms of my side projects, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but part of it was that I did a lot of my side projects outside of the house too. It's like, Oh, I'm going to write this book. Okay. I'm going to write it exclusively from this coffee shop and the library. Right. And so I would go to the coffee shop in the morning before pounding the pavement and hitting up the businesses. And I would write for an hour. Then I'd go and work for six hours then I'd go to the library and write for two or three hours and then it's like you know depending on the night I'd go and do stand-up comedy or something like that right but but it just I don't know there's just something that just graded on me and eventually I wore down where I realized like I wasn't being as productive as I should be and uh, it's hard it's hard to stay accountable you know because like nobody you like start making excuses for yourself and then you like start believing them you know Mm -hmm. Or something like that. It's just easy to let things slip through the cracks. Yeah. Yeah, uh, man. It's tough. D- doesn't mean it will happen to you. Just use me as a cautionary tale. <laughs> I know. Well, and like looking at my past as a way to influence my future, I'll probably get a day job. <laughs> you know, but I hope But if that... you make it doing something that you enjoy, that's exactly. a huge boost. That's yeah. a huge boost. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. that's kind of where is... I am. You know, it's like I hate – I do sort of hate my jobs because uh, I have a lot of them. Yeah. The, the biggest strain is the time consumption outside of the jobs. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it's like it's like, I do so much work that I don't get paid for. Yeah. Um, but I am a lot happier, I'd say, compared to what I was when I was working the like traditional nine to five. Like, right. You know. So I don't know. It's all, it's all pros and cons and you just got to do what you got to do. Right. Yeah, man. We'll see. Um, but uh... – 
since we got a little bit more time, if it's all right, I want to talk about um, a tool that I found. Yeah. That's uh, actually really cool. Um, it is called Twine. Oh, yeah, and... Twine. Oh, you know about Twine? Yeah, it's a kind of like a story game engine kind of a thing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot, everybody probably knows about Twine then. But, uh, yeah, I discovered it uh, last week, and uh, it's pretty cool. You know, um, it helps if you have, you know, some basic kind of understanding of some programming stuff, mm -hmm. but uh, you don't really need it to write some of the more simpler things. Um, but it's a very useful tool for, like, laying out stories, and basically what I've seen it used for the most is um, interactive nonlinear stories, right? Like... Um, Choose your own adventure type stuff, which anybody who's listening to the podcast knows that I'm very, very, very into. So um, yeah, I've been dude. kind of like toying around with this idea, like looking at it, you know, and it comes back to what we've talked about on the podcast a thousand times. But one thing that like really, really fascinates me is this idea of like creating a pseudo educational app that's like a choose your own adventure, like history game, right? Yeah. Um, so I've been like looking at a way to like sort of map something out like that that would uh, that would actually be like fun and compelling, but also like historically accurate and um, things like that. And so I found Twine has been screwing around with it and actually like having a really great time. So uh, you guys can find it on twinery.org. That's Twine with an R Y at the end. Twinery.org, um, and they've got it where you can download it there. You can use it online. Um, it's pretty yeah, cool. yeah. I've heard. I've never actually used it, but I've heard quite a few people in the game dev world talk about it as kind of a nice um, entry point for learning about development. Yeah, um, it's really cool, so, and it's free. So, yeah. So you might as well. <laughs> you might as well try it. Yeah, um, it's a lot of fun, and they got some uh, pretty cool examples of their work. Um, up on the website of, of, of work that people did using twine. So, um, you can see the different ways that it's used. Very, very cool. So totally. Um, I was going to mention just a little bit of Oregon stuff. <laughs> uh, have you been following along with Oregon football lately? Willie Taggart leaving us? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, how could you not see that in the news? Yeah. So I've been kind of glued to it a little bit. I'm trying not to really care much, but uh, I think so. Today they actually announced that they're hiring uh, a guy from the inside. His name's Mario Cristobal, and he was the uh, offensive line slash offensive coordinator coach. Um, so he's just getting kind of a promotion, which is cool, I think. So for you guys that are listening. You know, I'm a big Oregon sports fan, the uh, University of Oregon. And uh, so our coach that we brought in last year after firing our, our previous head coach for having kind of a crappy season uh, is Willie Taggart. He came from Florida. The He came from, uh, what is it, University of South Florida, I think. And uh, just like a really great recruiter, whatever. Everyone was really excited about him coming in. He seemed like a really cool guy. And then uh, Jimbo Fisher, the head coach of Florida State, 
moved over to Texas A&M, which opened up the Florida State position. And then the last couple weeks have been really, I don't know, odd because Willie Taggart had been contacted by Florida State and had been talking to them, but he like said that he wasn't and that he was going to stay as the head coach of Oregon. And he's done kind of the same ritual almost every time he's left a program. Uh, he basically is very vague, kind of denies the fact that he's going to leave. Uh, and then he sends out almost a word for word tweet <laughs> saying how excited he is to be the coach of this program. And uh, then he leaves. <laughs> so it was like he just pulled the same script, basically, and left us in the dust. And I guess um, he's he's out of the four bowl games that he got to. As a head coach, he only actually coached in one of them. <laughs> the other three, he left to a different program <laughs> before going to the bowl. So it was kind of shady. I was like, at first, I was really shocked and not happy that he was leaving. But then after kind of like the stunt that he was pulling, I was like, fine, leave. You're obviously not like that committed to us. And uh, it sounds like Mario Cristobal is like really excited to be the head coach. So cool. yeah, it should be good. Um, it sounds like a lot of the recruits and team really wanted him to be the coach. So hopefully, because, uh, you know, Oregon basketball and football had the number one recruiting class of 2018, and they there were some commits that dropped from Oregon football, and it sounds like hiring Mario Cristobal might be incentive for them to come back. So we'll see. Should be pretty, pretty good. Anyways, that's that. I know I, it's not a sports podcast, but... Something I think about all the time since I'm right across the street from Austin Stadium. Heck yeah. But, uh, what else? Well, <laughs> well, I don't know. I think I've exhausted my um, my your muscle flaps. Uh, I did realize. I don't think did we challenge uh, each other last week? I don't think we did. We should probably yeah, do that. <laughs> um, I'll say that. Um, I challenged myself this week, uh, or last week rather, <laughs> yeah. um, to make some positive changes in my life. One of which is um, committing more time to reading. So now I'm reading more books. Ha <laughs> 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 ha! Uh, um, I also, actually spent more time reading this this week too. Well, because Diary of Anne Frank is really compelling. God, I know. And also, you're reading code books. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm. I'm reading uh, lots of nonfiction right now, and I just can't stop. It's like I want to just learn it all. I know, dude. Um, nonfiction is amazing. I know. How did I go so long without reading it? <laughs> I think it's because we weren't it's adults, like, really. I feel like now that we're reading nonfiction, we're like actually adults. <laughs> that's what I was telling somebody the other day. Like we were having a conversation at the theater about like how we've had these like realizations that like we're an adult now. Yeah. And like one of the realization like you know it's like uh last couple of weeks i've had to go to the doctors like a butt ton and and it's like oh hmm i can schedule my own appointments <laughs> 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 like you know i'm sca- like which i've done anyways but it's just like one of those things it's like i don't do that often but i since i've had so many recently it's like oh <laughs> this is a thing i if i don't like feel good i have insurance i can go to the doctors you know like um but that was the thing I was telling everybody before. It's like, yeah, you know, I, this year, you know, at the end of every year, 
or right before New Year's every year, I create a list of 100 goals. Um, and I've done it for like five years now. And sometimes there's overlap because I clearly don't complete them all. That'd be crazy. But uh, it's a fun list. Um, and on it, I said that I wanted to read 12 nonfiction books this year. Or maybe I said 12 books, eight of which had to be nonfiction or something. Um, and I'm definitely surpassed that goal despite being behind. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's one of those things. Whoops. It's one of those things like now we've read Sapiens and then we read Hiroshima and now we're reading Anne Frank. And um, yeah, it's definitely a conversation started when people see you reading those books. Oh, yeah. But it does make you feel like an adult. Like, man, I, that's one thing. I, it's like I love reading science fiction and fantasy. It's so great. But people have these like silent judgments about you because of it hmm. like they're like that's not literature or that's not you know <laughs> worth your time it's like yeah. okay well <laughs> i enjoy reading it and i'm smarter than you so there's a reason <laughs> i yeah. read more than you and it's because of science fiction and fantasy suck a dick <laughs> um anyways <laughs> wow inner hatred uh, uh i do hate people i do too i, I mean well i mean that kind of leads me to a transition uh, about net neutrality again. <laughs> oh, Which yeah, I just want to—I just want to say—I don't know if this episode's going to get out before the the FCC votes, but we have like what four days left before net neutrality is probably repealed. I think it's voted on on December fourteenth, which is next Thursday. So six 14th. days, seven days, six days. Ugh. Um. There's all kinds of protests going on right now. I checked my area, and unfortunately, there's not one going on at a Verizon store in the area. But if you guys get a chance, um, do some Google searches to see if there's any net neutrality protests in your area, because uh, we gotta we gotta show up in numbers. I mean, they're they're pretty much ignoring everything, every all of the evidence and and all of the. Uh, protests we're putting out there they're pretty much ignoring it but like what else can we do you know so yeah there, i don't know man change in the wind people and and it uh it's gonna come from us so it all starts from the ground up and if we don't like what we're doing then um you need to let your voice be heard but past that if they're gonna ignore it they're gonna ignore the evidence they're gonna ignore our voices well then it's going to be time to have your voice be heard in your local elections and um we need to vote these clowns out that uh, don't want to take it seriously that don't want to respect the democratic voice and we need to put people in that actually respect uh the process and we've been seeing that time and time again for the last several weeks yeah um and how about respect each other and <laughs> and yeah. women jesus oh god yeah yeah but that's a whole yeah. different different thing yeah um together we can do it we just got to hang in there and we got to we got to hold these people accountable that don't want to uh, i mean our complacency put them in office yep um so it's well it's that and massive that. amounts of corruption but that's another thing too oh yeah <laughs> it's time to clean house <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't know man uh, unless you got anything else to talk about i'm happy to to yeah we can cut it a few minutes short um yeah. challenges for next week uh oh, yeah why don't, um, why don't we talk about that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's talk about it. 
I don't I don't know what to challenge you on though. <laughs> oh well, I could just do something lame again and say, all right, Rhett, do uh, do three videos from the Udemy course. <laughs> <laughs> I totally could. I've um. I was going to say earlier, I was challenging myself, um, trying to clean up my eating habits uh, a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, I've cut out, trying to cut out, um, most like overt, like, you know, added sugar products. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a few that are still like, you know, sneaking in there now and again, because it's kind of hard to cut it completely out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, Ben eating a lot more healthy lately. Well, maybe not necessarily healthy, but just trying to cut out um, a lot of the superfluous garbage and high carb, high sugar, disgusting yeah. junk. So That's good. Um, yeah, we, we picked up running again. Huh? We picked up running like the last two weeks. We've been running like three to four times a week. Run, well, yeah. I guess running slash elliptical slash weightlifting, but... Nice. Yeah, I uh, I do want to get back into working out myself. I, in fact, I've actually been looking at yoga. Nice. Um, I need to get more yeah. flexible because I'm not at all. And, like, this is the dumb thing. Like, I'm 28. I don't feel like that's that old. But I can already feel my joints and stuff, <laughs> like, not liking the fact that I'm running. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I need well, to just spend the time, like, flex, uh, stretching getting more flexible, making sure I'm taking care of my body. I've realized over the last like two years of on off working out that I'm not what I was when I was running cross country <laughs> in no, high school. But... And uh, like, cause there's always these times I'm like so competitive with myself where I, I, well, first of all, I don't want to go in and work out cause I hate working out, but then I get in and I get on the treadmill and I'm like, I can do this. Like, let's go, let's pick up the pace. And I like, you know, bump it up to eight minute miles or something, which like compared to high school, that's really slow, but yeah, I, I start doing an eight. Good. Yeah. Well, I, so I'll do an eight minute mile and then my knees will hurt for like three weeks and I can't run. <laughs> yeah. So I just need to like be conscious of my body and listen to it and yeah, probably spend more time is... stretching. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Knee strength is something that concerns me as well because it's like, I, enjoy running but uh it's the same thing for a while i replaced running with jump roping um which actually worked pretty well as long as i maintained the right form and everything Mm -hmm. um and uh, more often than not not that 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 worked very well and it was like actually really good cardio like there was a point where i was jump roping like almost an hour a day five (laughs) days a week (laughs) your calves probably just got ripped Oh, dude, I was monstrous. And and then I, I would do an hour, and then I would do, like, 30 minutes of, like, um, core conditioning and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, I was working out a lot back then. It was kind of crazy. But uh, now I don't really have an inside place to do jump roping. It's a little cold to go out and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Or if it's, like, raining, it makes it a little difficult. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been looking at yoga, and um, what I've done – is I'll just put some YouTube videos up oh, on yeah. my TV and do it on the floor. Yeah, man. There's I was doing yoga for a little while. Uh, are you doing yoga with Adrienne? <laughs> no. Because she's legit. <laughs> Should I check that out? She's legit and she's super cute. <laughs> she has a ton of yoga videos, I guess. That was the... That was... 
I did like one of her series and really liked it, but it was actually like pretty hard for me because I'm not flexible at all. I think most yeah. of them are around like 20 minutes, which is doable for me. Yeah. So check it out. Yoga with Adrian. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, I, I've been challenging myself to exercise a little bit more. So uh, we'll see. We're trying to trying to make some positive changes. It's never too late. Never too late. So, well, yeah, man. Um, so any challenges? <laughs> I challenge you to do three Udemy course videos. Okay. Um, I challenge you. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Here, I got a challenge. For, do you ever remember your dreams at all? Like when you wake up, can you ever remember them? Not lately. I think every so often. I almost, like, I know that I dream because everyone does, but, yeah, I, I always am, like, I just wake up and it's, like, did I even sleep? I don't know. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. I I want to challenge you. Write down my dreams. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, my friend has that app, Dream Whale. Oh, yeah. And it's a fun little, like, it's an app. You can find it on the Google Play Store. It's uh, but if you go, if you search for Dream Whale, it's going to be down a ways, and you, it's the one with a picture of a whale. <laughs> okay. Uh, and anyways, it's uh, it's like a, a dream journal app that kind of s- combines like loose social media aspects. So it's like you write in your dream journal what happened, and you like you get to pick a color for your dream and th- things like that. Um. And then when you're done, you can publish it to the community dream journal. And it's completely anonymous. Nice. Um, but I've been trying to uh, get her to work on the app and, like, revamp it. And she's like, well, I don't know if enough people use it. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think if uh, a couple more people used it and liked it and left some positive reviews, it uh, might get her to be able to update it and do that sort of stuff. So, All right. Sounds good. I challenge you to... Use Dreamwell to track your dreams as best you can. Okay. Sounds good, man. My team challenge for us is to try and figure out a time to do the next one mechanic, one mechanic game jam because it's kind of oh, slipping. Oh, yeah. It's so, coming up. We should well, do that. Yeah. <laughs> we may have to do it uh, next month, but I'm not sure. That's so, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Sounds good, man. All right, dude. Well, fun podcast. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, you can hit us up on Twitter at GameDevsQuest. Uh, check out our Itch page at GameDevsQuest.itch.io. We got some new games up there. You can play my Harvest game right in your browser. Uh, email us at GDQ at AirPodcast.com. Also, uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. And uh, yeah, we love hearing from you guys. So if you have any questions, recommendations, you just want to, I don't know, chat whatever hit us up we we appreciate it so anything else (laughs) i guess that's it for game devs quest all right i'm I'm taylor have a good week guys cue that music oh yeah